Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So if you're like me, in those kind of final moments before the game on Saturday, big game, one we've been anticipating for weeks, if not months, actually it has been months of anticipation, at a certain point in time, you kind of like have sort of chopped up the game every possible way it can be chopped up, and you've kind of considered every possibility. But still, in those sort of like final moments, I'm always just kind of curious about, okay, what are other people saying? Like, we've said this a million times, what are other people saying about Georgia, Oregon? And so I was looking at this thing at ESPN.com. I'm going to read this just to you just a little bit here. There was a a piece up at uh, uh, ESPN.com kind of previewing all the big games of the weekend and kind of talking about the possibility of a Oregon upset of Georgia. And listen, I think you're going to see a lot of this in kind of the national media. There, there, there's a lot of this discussion about, ooh, if Oregon could keep it close against UGA, if Utah could truly go on the road and beat Florida, then that kind of keeps an entire conference involved in the conversation for at least a couple more months. And all of a sudden you're talking about, you know, college football truly being a national sport. I, I do think there's a little bit of rooting interest on the part of people around the country that, hey, can we at least not have the rubber stamp of Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State into the playoff quite so quickly? Can a team like Notre Dame make it seem interesting? Can a team like Oregon make it seem interesting? I think there is some sort of wishful thinking, you know, uh, kind of surrounding all of that. And when you read like the the ESPN kind of write up on Georgia Oregon, uh, they had this at ESPN.com the other day. There is some of that kind of baked in there of ooh, can you imagine Oregon pulling the upset against Georgia? What would it take for that to happen? And obviously, when an ESPN write up like this takes place, one of the things that they reference is the fact that Oregon did go on the road a year ago and beat Ohio State in Columbus. And what's funny is is that prior to that, in Oregon season opening game against Fresno State, they actually hadn't played all that well. So, I mean, you know, the idea that Georgia couldn't be shocked, couldn't be surprised tomorrow, the idea that Georgia couldn't be caught off guard. Well, a year ago, we do have some evidence in college football that a team was sort of caught off guard by by playing, you know, Oregon. Uh, Ohio State lost that game to the Ducks in Columbus. And so while I don't think that game is necessarily all that reflective of what's going to happen on Saturday. It is a relevant data point in the discussion. So that's what I kind of found myself doing and thinking about a lot before our show began today. I was thinking about, you know, what can we learn from the from the Oregon upset of Ohio State a year ago to give us some kind of thoughts about, you know, how it's going to play out for Georgia on Saturday. And like the one thing that you see is, and this kind of plagued Ohio State all year long. I mean, make no mistake about it. Ohio State may have been the best offensive team in the country a year ago, but Ohio State didn't win the national championship. It didn't even make the college football playoff. And you know why it didn't. We've actually chronicled this uh, fairly frequently. Ohio State just had a lousy defense, or at least an average defense. They weren't in that kind of elite category defensively, and that cost them a spot in the college football playoff. And if you kind of want to zero in on really where that kind of defense hurt the Buckeyes and actually cost them an upset in their own stadium against a team that really wasn't of the caliber that should be beating Ohio State on the road like that, look at the way in which the defense played, uh, the Buckeyes' defense played against Oregon. You see all you need to know about that. You know, giving up 161 yards and two touchdowns on the ground to a running back like C.J. Verdell. The quarterback, Anthony Brown, also rushing for 65 there that day there as well. Also throwing for 236 yards and two touchdowns through the air. That's just kind of what Oregon was doing. 
they were moving the ball at will against Ohio State that day. Buckeyes scored 28 points offensively but gave up 35 to Oregon. They just weren't good enough defensively, and that's how Oregon won that game. They took advantage of a Buckeyes defense that actually had not played very well the week before that against Minnesota. Uh, Oregon found some stuff on film and came out there and exploited that. It's one of the better games offensively they played all year long. They were doing so against a Buckeye defense that just left its team vulnerable. So on Saturday, as you know, I don't expect that to happen. I don't expect uh, the Georgia defense to fold up the way the Ohio State defense a year ago did against these Ducks. But it does put the Georgia defense in the spotlight. It does remind you that if there are big breakdowns tomorrow, if there are young guys who find themselves out of position, if there are those moments in which you know, a bust leads to a big play. Then all of a sudden, what's supposed to be a blowout, comfortable, easy win for Georgia does have the chance to see the margin narrowed and does have the chance to give the the Ducks a chance to be involved in this game a little later than maybe they're supposed to be. Certainly the point spread folks would say that they're supposed to be. So as you get ready for Saturday, the spotlight is on Georgia's defense. And the conversation we've been having now for the better part of a year is just as relevant as it has been. The fact that Jordan Davis and Devontae White and Trayvon Walker and Kobe Dean and Lewis Seen, these guys aren't here anymore. Uh, Quay Walker's not here anymore. And a lot of guys are going to be playing more substantial, more important, just greater number of, of snaps than they've played in the past. And a lot of what's been going on at Georgia throughout this preseason and the many months that led into this preseason camp, a lot of that has been about finding out what you have with these defensive players and getting them as ready as you possibly can for what's going to take place on Saturday and then every game that comes after that. And on Monday, when Kirby Smart did his weekly press conference, I actually thought he was really candid about that. And I thought that Smart was very... I don't know the, the the balance that he struck in terms of it sounds like he's pretty confident in these guys, but it sounds like he also knows that he's about to ask a lot from them. This is one of those moments when which I think you got smart at his sort of truest, most authentic self. So last year, Oregon pulled an upset because the big team they were playing had a defense that wasn't ready. What about on Saturday for this Georgia defense? How ready is this group? Kirby Smart was very honest about that going back to Monday. Let's listen to it. Where are they right now? They're uh, inexperienced, uh, young, and hopefully talented as we think they are players. Um, at some positions, more talented than others, uh, but they're in need of playing a game. And I guess you could say that's experience, right? So they're in need of experience, but more so than experience, they need to play in a game. They need good things to happen and reaffirm their good habits. And some of them need maybe something adverse to happen and see how they respond because I've never coached a defensive player that didn't give up a play or get beat. So how are they going to respond to that in a game atmosphere? Because it happens every day in practice. But how are they going to respond to that in a game atmosphere? I don't know if we know that yet. Uh, And that's going to be the resiliency factor of where is this group? Because I don't think you really know until you go out in the game and have to execute it in front of the fans and against a a really good uh, opponent. If you're a Georgia fan, I don't think you can ask much more from your head coach than you got right there. Like that's honest sort of gut level assessment of what's going on. Smart says, I've never coached a player that didn't have a bust at some point in time. And on Saturday, 
And y'all know I've been very bullish on the Georgia defense, what it can do against Oregon on Saturday. And some of that's just sort of blowhard podcast host, but some of that is my, you know, true, genuine feeling. I think that Georgia's going to probably have a pretty good day defensively. I think Georgia's, in fact, going to have a really good day defensively. But Smart's take on that is still accurate. Even on what's going to be a good day defensively, somebody's going to be out of position at some point in time. And especially a young player that's playing more now than he's played in the past, or in some cases, maybe even a true freshman who's playing for the very first time, somebody's going to be standing where they're not supposed to be. And that's going to create an opportunity for Oregon to have a big play. You can't go out there and expect the defense to pitch a perfect game. There are going to be moments in which you know, there's green grass to be exploited, and Oregon probably will do that. Even a quarterback like Bo Nix that's never had success against Georgia, it's not like he's not going to have a couple of moments in a day like this where he has a chance to, to make a big play. But that still doesn't change the overall tone of what I believe this day is going to be about, which is still a very big day for the Georgia defense. So here's how I reconcile that. Listening very close to Kirby Smart, who loves defensive football, we all know that, say that hey we're getting these guys ready and we hope the talent is what we think that it is and we hope that they can kind of mitigate against their lack of experience here right now but here is to me how that mitigation really occurs georgia's gotta find a way to create something tomorrow that what the job of the defense is is not just to stop oregon for doing something it's georgia's job to go out there and start something to kind of start the engine that's what christopher smith did last year right i mean the clemson game was a little bit of a rock fight but when it really mattered smith stepped in front of a dj uyunglele pass took it back for a pick six and not only did it win that game high profile big time ranked opponent fixture in the college football playoff but didn't it kind of set the tone for the whole season for uga isn't that kind of what that was I think that's the case. And on Saturday, Georgia has a chance to kind of do something similar with that again. It has a chance not just to prevent Oregon from making plays, but it has a chance to go out and create its own plays. It has a chance to be what Georgia was in 2021, which is an offensive-minded defense, a defense that's trying to do something, a defense that's trying to create something. You create that through tackles for loss. You create that through sacks. You create that through the kind of quarterback pressure that leads to interceptions or big hits that turn into fumble recoveries. You have a chance to go out and make something happen. And that, to me, is what I'm going to encourage Georgia fans to be watching for. Don't have your red pen out marking every bust or every guy out of position, because if you do that, you're going to find it. If you look for flaws, you're going to see them. But can you also see the big play that negates all that? Yeah, you gave up a 40-yard passing play, but on the very next play, you busted through there with an outside linebacker and got a sack and moved him back 15 yards. Do you see impactful plays on defense that negate the occasional big game that comes for an Oregon team taking advantage of a, of a Georgia defense that does have some relatively green guys out there, some relatively inexperienced guys compared to the sort of legacy Georgia defense from 2021? That's what I'm going to be watching for. Last year, Oregon did pull a shocking upset, and they pulled it in hostile territory in Columbus against the Ohio State Buckeyes. But honestly, that result tells me way more about Ohio State than it tells me about Oregon. The Buckeyes lost that game last year because their defense was just lousy. Well, Georgia's defense is new. Georgia's defense is inexperienced, but I don't think any of us think it's going to be lousy. And tomorrow, they get a chance to set the tone for the entire season against the Ducks the same way they did in 2021 when they took on Clemson. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented today by Kroger. So glad to have you with us, no matter how you get to us today. Live on video, 10 a.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, all the video platforms, 945, of course, 
dognation.com, the Dog Nation app for our first and 15. We take comments there before the show begins, and we invite you to join us at some point in time there on that. So our good friend Lori and her family last night from uh, Kroger with us at the uh, big event at Marlowe's Tavern in Dunwoody, and so thankful for what Kroger does for our audience, what they do for our communities, and uh, keeping good food on our tables and all that great stuff. Also, big event coming up at Kroger there as well. Uh, this month, I want you to be aware of it. Have you heard me talk about Kroger Chef Junior before? This is an incredible, incredible experience. It's a guided kids cooking experience where your kids are going to ch- get a chance to make kind of a healthy food option and kind of learn how food prep kind of works and just kind of get more acquainted with all that. Uh, it's actually a really great experience. I know a lot of our folks around here have taken their kids to that and they rave about it. So this month, the menu item is a lettuce wrap. So you can learn with your kids how to make a lettuce wrap during the Kroger Chef Junior event. It takes place September 10th, September 24th at select Kroger locations. So when you go there, it's a 30-minute class. It's just $7 per child. And in addition to the class, your child's going to get an apron and patch, a chef's hat, a recipe card and box, and a whisk. And who wouldn't want a whisk? Fun to say, whisk. It's just $7 per child, so you can enjoy that. And check out KrogerChefJunior.com for more on that. It's J-U-N-I-O-R. KrogerChefJunior.com for a lot more on that. So uh, I mentioned last night, Marlowe's Tavern in Dunwoody. This was an incredible experience. I thought Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm, from, former Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm, was terrific. His stories were great. His insight. You know, Jake has obviously you know got a bright future in the world of media if that's what he wants to do. Obviously, there's a chance. There you go. Nice look at uh, uh, Jake and me and the Dog Nation team hanging out there and having a good time. It was just a really good experience. And our, our producer, Michael Carvel, did great work with all of that. So we had just a really good time last night. I just loved hearing those great stories from Jake. The whole thing was really, really fun. And to see so many of you coming out last night, we gave out a bunch of Dog Nation Daily t-shirts, which was really cool. So all of that was really incredible. By the way, speaking of t-shirts, if you want one of those Eddie the Blind Squirrel t-shirts, the link to get those now at dognation.com. So right at the top of the page, you can click in there and you can get your Eddie the Blind Squirrel t-shirt. Uh, Eddie obviously believes that good Georgia fans allow, uh, hates those lousy, stinking Gators. Good Georgia fan, Gator hater first and foremost. So uh, you can show off that with your own Eddie the Blind Squirrel t-shirt at dognation.com for more details on that. And before we kind of roll on with the rest of the show, let me take care of one more kind of housekeeping uh, piece of business, which I'm really excited about so one of the things that a lot of y'all have kind of asked for is hey more stuff like we did on tuesday night so on tuesday night i thought we had a great experience when we did our live interactive show giving you a chance to be a part of the show and share your thoughts about uga it was a great experience we've done this now a couple of times and i think that every time that we've done it it has gone really well it's been a good experience it's it's a little bit of work for uh, our guy michael carvel to kind of get everybody up and running and kind of keep that uh he's like our moderator in that particular situation so it's a lot of work but the experience uh goes uh really well and so we're gonna do something tomorrow and we're gonna do this all year long and i think it's gonna be really fun you already know that Terrence Edwards is going to be a part of our Dog Nation postgame show tomorrow night after the game is done. We announced that yesterday. But also, but also, you're going to be a part of that there too. So when we go live for the Dog Nation postgame show, we're going to do the things we normally do. We'll talk about the game and we'll, you know, we'll do all that. For those of you that can't call in live, we'll still read some of your comments. But for the people who want to share their thoughts about UGA, we're going to give you a chance to do that on the Dog Nation postgame show tomorrow night after the game. So when you tune in, whichever video platform you tune into, you'll see a link for the conversation. You have to be on Zoom to do it. That's how we're going to access all of this. You're going to access that via Zoom. Get a chance to be on there for that. 
and you can share your thoughts and we'll do kind of what we do on this which is we'll move through kind of quick we don't have time you know to spend a lot we want to give more people a chance to be on so we're going to have to move through this quick and if you're in the waiting room you'll kind of have to wait uh this is like sort of old school call-in radio type thing but we're going to give you a chance to weigh in on the dogs after the game tomorrow night with the uga post game show or i should say the dog nation post game show presented by the uga bookstore so that is going to be an incredible experience now speaking of incredible experiences tomorrow stands to be that for a lot of reasons around UGA. So let's kind of roll into Around the Doghouse here, presented by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services today. And there's a weird thing about me that I don't know if if you've ever kind of thought about things this way, but I think about this a lot. Like last year was a very special year for me as a Georgia fan. Most of you would say the same thing. Seeing the team win the national championship was really, really cool. But even in the midst of all of that coolness and all of that enjoyment, the kind of thing that we'll just cherish forever, you see the you know the national championship Coke bottle still on the desk and all that. In fact, let me make sure. Yeah, there you go. Position that so folks can see it the right, the right way. Even in the midst of all of that, I was still kind of reminded of the thing about college football that I loved the most. I know this is maybe kind of a weird thing to say, but the thing that I loved the most is not necessarily the wins, although you want Georgia to win. Otherwise, what would be the point of it? But the thing that I really love the most is the big game atmosphere. Like, here's the thing. There are 131 now teams that play FBS-level football. And when you have that many teams, not all the games are going to feel equally as big. And part of the challenge, that's one of the things I like about Kirby Smart. He seems to intuitively understand this as well as anybody does, that part of the challenge for a program is not just to win games, but to seek out big games to seek out the kind of national attention that comes from those big games, that the that the relevance of of playing in a sort of a spotlight game is its own form of currency and currency like a lot of, you know, you know, things is kind of rare that you want to get your unfair share of that market by playing in as many big games as you possibly can. And Kirby's been very aggressive with Georgia's non-conference scheduling as a way of kind of making that happen. And the latest example of that is a neutral site game like this, Chick-fil-A kickoff classic against Oregon. And for me, as excited as I am about what happens for Georgia at the end of the season, hopefully winning a championship, I get excited about this. I get excited about the fact that tomorrow the entire college football world is going to be watching Georgia. There are only a you know, few ranked opponent games tomorrow. There's Arkansas-Cincinnati. There's uh, Ohio State-Notre Dame. And that's probably being treated as the biggest game right now. I'll admit that. But Georgia Oregon's not too far behind. It's three thirty p.m. A lot of attention on this game, and you know Kirby was kind of talking this week. He said this on Tuesday night about how the presence of an Oregon. This is a program that's been kind of a national brand here for a little while. We've kind of known a lot about the Ducks, even way out here on the east side of the uh, country. But but you know Kirby was willing to acknowledge, hey, you know the presence of Oregon kind of takes a step towards making this feel like a bigger game, and maybe what's most important about this of all is the fact that recruits kind of notice all of this Kirby from Tuesday on the feeling of getting ready for a big game with two big brands inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium on Saturday here's Kirby it's awesome playing these kind of games you know I think they're a, obviously a very uh, well respected program well liked program recruits love the infatuation with um, the uniforms and Nike and uh all the stuff it means so it's a it's a big stage to be on and uh, certainly I'm sure it's mutual for them you know it's an opportunity to improve your your national exposure and nationally recruit 
Yeah, I think that's the case. And while I'm a fan of tradition, I like traditional rivalries. I like seeing, for instance, last year Georgia play Clemson because when I was growing up, that was a traditional rivalry for Georgia. The one thing I'm willing to acknowledge is there are a lot of people who kind of like games like this where it's not a traditional rivalry. It's, in fact, it's not really a rivalry at all. These two teams have only played one time previously, and that was essentially before I was born, <laughs> you know, or at least I guess it was the year I was born. I was, uh, so, so you're talking about a long time uh, of you know these two teams not playing and two teams that really have no history against each other whatsoever but that is what makes it cool to some people what does it look like to see a georgia take on an oregon that's the kind of thing that you would have matched up in an ea sports video game in the past but now it's happening in real life in mercedes-benz stadium there on saturday and it just sort of feels like a big game and honestly as much as you measure the the trophies that your team collects or the the championships your team collects this is its own form of collection here. The biggest programs play in the biggest games. And under Kirby Smart, that's been a real mission for UGA. It continues tomorrow. And I got to tell you, that's one of my favorite aspects of all of this, the fact that in the games that matter most, Georgia is frequently involved. That is around the doghouse. It's presented today by our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services. And listen, when it's time for you to make a real estate decision, buying, selling, maybe you're looking to invest, maybe you're looking to upsize, downsize, whatever your reason you, know, you might have for making your next move our friends at berkshire hathaway home services are ready to help you out with all of that you're talking about a you know a big time uh, uh you know a service provider here with more than 29 offices around our state you're talking about 1500 associates a real strength that comes from those kinds of resources stretched all across the state all across the metro atlanta area providing you full service brokerage needs as i said before for buying for selling uh for for investing you know, residential, commercial, whatever your real estate needs might be, providing you uh, a lot of integrity, certainly earning your trust throughout the entirety of that process. That is what Berkshire Hathaway Home Services is all about. They believe that the best time for new beginnings is right now, and that's why you need to reach out to them for whatever your next move might be. They want to hear your story, learn what matters to you most, and then work to get an agreement for you that uh, gives you that great new property that you're looking for and a chance to kind of move on with a great new experience. Our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services are all about that. So you can check them out online at bhhsgeorgia.com. That's bhhsgeorgia.com. So whether you're relocating or downsizing, whatever your future might be, our friends at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services want to help you out on that. It's bhhsgeorgia.com. That's b hhsgeorgia.com. All right, so before we're done on today's program, another announcement to make. We actually gave a little bit of a tip-off to this with our audience there live last night at the Marlowe's Tavern in Dunwoody, but we'll tell all of you here before we're done today. Really excited about that. We've got a bunch of golden shoes to give out. So last year, one of the things that we did on Fridays leading into the season was we kind of do what we call a shoe dump. Like, like this time of year, I get sort of behind in terms of sharing off all my uh, golden shoe submissions there so we're going to give a lot of those out here today and have some fun kind of rolling into a big saturday so we'll do all of that before we're all said and done here today also another preview of the other big games of the weekend we'll cover a lot of bases with that but for now how does george oregon impact recruiting big time recruits may be in the building tomorrow and the aftermath of Monroe freeling choosing uga the other day let's cover all of that as we go on the road with Jeff Sintel, assisted by AAA here on Dog Nation Daily today. From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insight. Great to have Jeff Sintel with us last night. Marlowe's Tavern in Dunwoody, fun experience, and great to keep our recruiting conversation going here now as we're on the road. 
assisted by AAA. Jeff, obviously a lot of attention on Georgia, Oregon on Saturday. Uh, Kirby Smart and Smartio, we heard a moment ago, certainly acknowledges there's a recruiting benefit to this. Recruits know the Oregon brand. Georgia looks better as a brand by beating them on Saturday, if that's indeed what takes place. But there's also the thought here that some of the big-time recruits are going to find their way into the building with tickets. This is not a visit situation, so they can't interact with uh, so if we can see if we can uh, get that. Uh, yeah, there you go. Well, uh, not a visit situation. You can't, you know, talk to coaches, things like that. But you can see the dogs play, and it sounds like could be an impressive list of elite recruits, kind of where's Waldo style, sort of dotting the uh, the, uh, the the grandstands tomorrow. Yeah. Hey. Uh, good morning, everybody. Hope you're having a super Friday, guys. They play tomorrow. Let's, let's just get crazy about that one. They play tomorrow, and you. I'm jumping in the chat here on DogNation.com and trying to multitask here. We've got Hemingway being his inner months and worrying about things. But, Brandon, the attendees list, that's what we're going to call it, right? Not not, not visitors because they're, yeah. they're really not even more than visitor than anybody with a ticket has. Um, really what they're doing um, is they get to see the dogs play. And, you know, the reports are coming out. Some of the bigger names, uh, everybody's going to focus on Caleb Downs. Everybody's going to focus on Justice Haynes. I would say just tread really softly on that stuff right there. I don't, I don't think if Georgia beat Oregon 65 to nothing, I don't think it's going to – that's not going to be the thing that changes the minds of uh, – or at least initially changes the minds of two really talented and focused young men like, like Mr. Haynes and Mr. Downs. I think they made their decisions with full, clear consciences when they made them in – when they made him over the summer, and I, I think it's going to take a lot, a whole lot, a whole, whole lot for, for anything to change that. I'm kind of more interested in guys like, you know, Jaden Davis, Chris Peel, two teammates from um, Providence Day in Charlotte that are going to be there. Uh, there's going to be a lot of young kids, Brandon. There's going to be a lot of 2024s and 2025s that will be on hand um, watching the dogs play as well. But you got to think, um, if you're a Georgia target and you live within two or three miles of Atlanta, this is probably the game where you need to be at, and probably the game where Georgia wants you at as well. Yeah, and then beyond that, you know what you're able to do on television because it is going to be a substantial TV audience. That's, um, you know, we know that's the case, and the you know the Oregon uniform very recognizable, that Georgia G very recognizable. So even for the recruits that you know aren't in the stadium that don't get those tickets, they aren't able to travel that far. You know, to be able to put a big show together on television, you got to think that helps Georgia a little bit. I do. Uh, you know, one of the things I was breaking down the game earlier this week, and I know last year is last year, and these are last year's players, but, uh, Brandon, I looked at one number that just hit me over the head with, like, a mallet, man, and that's, you know, Georgia's defense gave up 153 points in 50, 15 games last year, including including two playoff games. Well, Oregon's defense gave up 225 more points than Georgia in just 14 games. Uh, with an Alamo, Alamo bowl appearance against Oklahoma. And, man, that's a lot. And you throw in the fact that Georgia even scored more points than Oregon did a year ago. And, you know, those are pretty, pretty telling things to me. Not, not just, not just, you know, what's going to happen on, on Saturday because there's new schemes, new coordinators, and lots of stuff involved there. But it's just where the teams were a year ago, the differences in what they had on the roster. I mean, you can reshape a roster with NIL a little bit, but, you know, everybody. What, what the thing that kind of sticks in my mind about game plan and strategy for for Saturday was those two big games that Oregon played against Utah a year ago. And Georgia's going to try and run the ball a lot like Utah will, and I think they'll be have great success at it. Kenny McIntosh and Kendall Milton. Um, but I think those were thirty eight to seven and thirty eight to ten beatdowns, and 
maybe the course of about three or four weeks. Basically, it was the identical game, and you know, I think that's what I what I'll see a lot of on on Saturday. But there's going to mix in a lot of explosives for Georgia in the passing game as well. Let me ask you this: This is kind of off the beaten path a little bit, but we're looking at the uh, uh, list of uh, visitors that you share with the audience of Before the Hedge is presented by Croker back on Wednesday, and one of those guys, obviously Jaden Davis, the 2024 quarterback. I'm curious about this. Do you think that the quarterback recruiting for Georgia in 2024 ends with, say, and, and Davis? Like, for instance, do you think there's a chance that Georgia would consider a guy like, say, Prentice Nolan from Langston Hughes maybe the most talented team in the state right now, certainly among the most talented teams? And, you know, Nolan's off to, off to a pretty good start with his year there as well. Do you think, in other words, there's still room for maybe an in-state guy to get into the mix for Georgia when you start looking ahead to, to, uh, to 2024 quarterbacks? Well, I think there's two dynamics to look at that, Brandon. Number one is what did Georgia do anything with transfer portal after the 2022 season? Like, did they bring in a grad transfer to compete with Carson and Brock and uh, Gunnar Stockton? You know, one of the things we we garnered from a lot of our intel over the summer, but also even what Jake Fromm had to say last night is there's a very excuse me, there's a very bright, bold future there for Gunnar Stockton in Georgia as well. But you know, do they? Do they take a 2022 grad transfer? That's something to think about there. Do they, do they, I still don't think they're going to take a 2023 quarterback, but I think Brandon, what a lot of the 2024 quarterbacks that want to hear from Georgia is they want to hear Georgia basically say, come be our quarterback, take your commitment at any time, and then we'll be done. That's what they want to hear. So the only thing that I think would carry or, or still, are still kind of matter with a prospect like that is if they don't take another highly rated guy like a Nolan. You want to ask me a question directly about Prentice Nolan? I think he's as good as all the top quarterbacks in the 2024 cycle. I think he's a top 40 overall prospect. I think he's one of the top five quarterbacks in the nation. I've seen him a bunch of times. He impresses me every time with that left-handed spiral. He's those darts he's throwing out. He's also got wheels. He's a very serious-minded quarterback. Uh, made a lot of development in his game. I think he's gone from a top 250, top 300 overall prospect to a top 150 prospect, 125 prospect, really, really very quickly so far this year. And then one more thing on quarterbacks, and this is like way into the future, but uh, it is a name that I want to make sure our audience is very well aware of because in the high school football circles, this is one of the most talked about players in the state right now, and that's Juju Lewis, the freshman quarterback from Carrollton, who you do have on your list. I know. That's a freshman now is what class of twenty twenty six is that the right thing? That's a long you know time from now. Um, but, That's but um, the, the the sense that I get is this might be the next Trevor Lawrence. Like this might be one of those one of those elite level prospects by the time that he gets to be older. So it's at least interesting to me that he's on hand because I would guess in the years to come, God willing, we're still doing the show. You know, a million years from now when he's finally a senior. But uh, I get the sense that Lewis is a guy that we're going to be talking about a ton because he's already doing big things for Joey King down there uh, at Carrollton. Yeah, it's a good point, Brandon. I, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to really know, and I think the state of Georgia is really going to know what Juju Lewis already is, not what he's going to be three years from now. After tonight, man, the, the, Carrollton takes on Rome, and Rome has a ton of grown men. I know you've called their game. I know you've seen what they have to offer. And I think how Juju fares against the guy against that Rome front and those bigger, faster, stronger players at Rome on the defensive line and in the front seven in the box, I think we'll, sh- we'll not just show where, what he can be, but also where he already is right now. You're right. Brandon, is ever, everybody geeks up for these names. Julian Sayan and Jaden Davis are the names in 2024. 
the names in 2023 was, was Arch Manning, guys like that. I think the name for, for Georgia high school football and national recruiting in 2026 is Juju Lewis. I mean, he's already putting that ball in a lot of tight spots and a lot of white tight windows. And it's really funny, Brandon. Every time I see him, I saw him like three or four times now over the last year. And every time, it's almost like he's drank some milk. He's gotten better. He's gotten smarter. He's went through about three or four three or four weekly quarterback camp sessions with his trainers and the proof is in the pudding, man. He's already I already think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the state. That's really, really interesting. Jeff, you had a chance this past week to be in South Carolina, Mount Pleasant, when Monroe Freeling, top one hundred rate recruit, four star offensive lineman, made his pledge to the University of Georgia. What was the situation like that kind of behind the scenes? I'm always kind of curious to be uh, hearing about the feeling in the room. This was a big win for Georgia. Stacey Serrells, the offensive line coach, needed a big win, got it in the person of, uh, of Freeling, and all of a sudden that Georgia recruiting ranking starts to look a little bit more like a UGA ranking should, now back in the top three again in the 24-7 sports composite team uh, a ranking. So getting Freeling is, is a good thing for Georgia, but to be in the room, what was that like earlier this week? It was really cool. I think the Freelings are going to fit in really well at Georgia. The mom runs marathons, half marathons. Uh, she's a yoga instructor. Uh, Monroe, you know, one of the stories I want to write about him is just kind of kind of detail what he does on game days and what he does during the week and how much yoga. Mom teaches the boys yoga once a week all together, man. And he's got she's got like a really interesting plan for them and like you know you just move your body and it activates your core and how important that is. One of the things I learned um, when I was in, in Charleston uh, that week was that maybe a 24-hour period was that, you know, when the college coaches came through, Brandon, and they said, and they talked talking to the staff at Oceanside, and the O-line coach there at Oceanside is a longtime game cop, played in Columbia, played very well in Columbia. And he was like, wanted to know, they basically want to know, how good is our guy? Is our guy the best guy? And I think it was coaches at a couple of staffs that showed him showed them video of the only other guy, and that was Samson Okanaloa, uh, up in Massachusetts. And you know, maybe you know whose feet are better, who's faster, who's got better feet. Well, maybe they gave it to Samson on that. But then the coaches really just doubled down and said, "Yeah, but Samson's not six foot seven. He's not two ninety two, and he's probably not as long as Monroe as well." I mean, this is a young man that he stresses this man. This is one of the things he told me. Um, before he, he made it public, one of the things he told me was that development, develop, development is so key and so crucial in the way he's looking for. He wants to be an NFL player. And when he says development, it's not only being developed by Coach Stacey Searles, who he pounded the table for Monroe Freeling when he was at North Carolina. Maybe he couldn't get him at North Carolina. But then he really pounded the table uh, when he was at Georgia, and he could get him at Georgia. And really, it really felt like with Monroe Brandon, once, Georgia let it be known, and Kirby started talking to him, and they said, hey, man, you're our guy. That's when everything became a lot simpler and a lot easier for him. Um, and the last visit he took to Georgia, it was one of those things, Brandon, where he took the visit, and he felt really cool about a lot of schools coming off the visit, that classic, well-known visit high. But then it waned after about three or four days. But the thing with Georgia, the visit high never went away. Georgia had made him a priority. Stacey Searles has been recruiting him for forever. And he wanted to be developed by a guy like Cyril's, but also what he wanted to do was be developed by the guys on the defensive line and in the box at Georgia. And those were all these, all these factors, all these moving pieces that not a lot of other schools could offer. Good degree, national championship roster, coaching fit. 
but then also the dudes across the line that he would go against every day that's going to make him better. I mean, this young man, Brennan, is all about development and getting better. Jeff, that's good stuff. Uh, really excited about having Freeling as a part of this 2023 class for UGA. Also, I've got more questions for you here coming up in a moment. But before that, though, let me remind folks that we're on the road, assisted by AAA here today on Dog Nation Daily. And, of course, you think about AAA for legendary roadside assistance. They've been famous for that for as long as I can remember. But that's not the only thing I want you to think about when you think about AAA. How about switching your auto insurance to AAA, too? Because when you do, here in our great state of Georgia, you're going to save, on average, 400 just for making that choice. That's good stuff from our friends uh, at AAA. So if you're a dog fan listening right now, make that switch. Put big money in your pocket, $472 on average when you make that switch here with our friends at AAA. You could save yourself some good money and have some great auto insurance coverage in the process here. So call 833-718-2075. That's 833-718-2075 to find a branch near you on all of that. Jeff, tonight you're going to be with us on Peachtree TV for a great game between Buford and North Cobb. So excited about this. And you know the Buford story, I think, brings up a little bit of an interesting you know, emotion, level of emotion for UGA fans that follow recruiting. I think there's still some aftermath of what exactly happened with Justice Haynes. How is it that, that a guy like this ended up at Alabama? And, you know, is there some sort of, you know, lid on the possibility of Buford players going to Georgia? Buford being a top nationally ranked team right now. So uh, creating a pipeline from from Buford there to Athens would obviously be a very good thing. The sense that I get from kind of talking to some people getting ready for this game on uh, t- uh, tonight against North Cobb is that while it seems like right now Georgia doesn't have much of a thing going on at Buford for the class of 2024, when you start thinking about a you know a KG Bolden or a, you know a King Joseph Edwards, we probably won't see uh, King Joseph play tonight, but uh, nonetheless, when you start thinking about some of those 2024 guys, that that lid on Buford in terms of going to UGA, maybe that changes there at that point. But for now, there is still a lot of wow, how did it go quite so wrong with Justice Haynes, even though he just kind of just got to Buford? But that's one of those things that sort of hangs in the air for Georgia fans, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, and, and Brandon, i got to make sure you have this name on your mind. Because uh, you're going to say it a bunch tonight. It's Edric Houston, sure. uh, the other talented defensive end. I mean, Brandon, there's three or four All-American-type players in the junior class on the Buford defense, not just Justice Haynes and, you know, the other name that everybody's got on their mind is KJ Bolden. You wonder, you know, does Caleb Downs going to Bama in 2023 help Georgia with KJ Bolden in 2024? I think so. Uh, King Joseph Edwards has also kind of proclaimed in proclamations over his social media account that, you know, Georgia is easily a top three for him and they've been a great contender since Uzo Deribe came on board. And th- those are things, but I'll tell you one thing, Brandon, very flatly, you can timestamp, keep the receipts on this one. If Georgia goes 0 for 3 with those Buford kids in 2024, then that's seriously. Maybe it's maybe I'll maybe I'll even uh, give some life to the theory that what's wrong with UGA recruiting at Buford High School? How about that? Sure. Because then you got to add in you got to add in Jake Pope there as well, the guy from a year ago that's also going to be at Bama and going to be a tremendous asset for Nick Saban in the secondary going forward. I mean, the thoughts of Bama. Well, we're going to see it. Bama will have Downs and Pope in the secondary, and Georgia will try to crack it with its championship level roster as well in SEC championship games to come. The thing on Haynes, though, man, is like, you know, Haynes and Downs are just really focused-driven young men, and they're not very flighty. I know they didn't make these decisions on a whim or, or just off a gut. It was, you know, well-researched with lots of information, lots of data. Uh, I thought the one thing that was really telling when we look back on Justice Haynes and his recruiting is he told me, I mean, he told every reporter that, you know, he, that got some of his time that, 
um, he reset everything, Brandon, before his official visits. Like, so whatever streak, whatever, whatever clubhouse leader, or whatever type of goodwill that Georgia had gained or built up over the years, um, he at least said that he, he, he marginalized all that. He brought it, he brought it all back to the same starting spot in the line. And that was really interesting. I think with Justice and I think with Caleb, they both wanted to play together. They never made it a package deal, but they sure liked to see those guys, see their fortunes kind of meet up at the same spot. I just think they just like the professional, the approach of Alabama, the pipeline, the history, the tradition. I mean, as great as it is right now for dog fans in Georgia, I mean, this is what a lot of people call the best time in Georgia football since 1980 to 1983. But uh, it doesn't look like the clock is ticking on Georgia at all. It looks like they're still climbing up a mountain or they're getting higher up that mountain. But we got to face facts. That's where Alabama has been for a long time. And I think Alabama, prestige, the polish, professionalism, I, I think those are the things that kind of won over uh, both of those young men in the long run when it came to Alabama with their choices. Uh, good stuff, Jeff. Thanks so much. We'll see you tonight. Petrie TV streaming at CBS46.com for Buford and North Cobb. As big a game as it gets. North Cobb, very, very talented there as well. A lot of big-time college players, including a program that's been you know, very good to the dogs here in uh, recent years, too. So that will be on tap for tonight. Jeff, we will look forward to seeing you there for that. And then, of course, in Atlanta on Saturday for the Dog Nation Duck Hunt Tailgate, what we think is going to be a good day for the dogs against Oregon on the field inside Mercedes-Benz Stadium. We'll see you then, Jeff. Yeah, also, guys, one thing to look for, college coaches can be back on the road. Uh, they can be back at games or doing visits right now uh, around the state, around the country. So college coaches will be back on the sidelines again um, for Friday night. And I'll be interested to see who shows up at that North Cobb Buford game for sure. It will indeed, Jeff. Thanks, for, thanks a lot. Hey, man, have a great night. Have a great day. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. Yeah, Jeff mentioned Edward Houston from Buford. Terrific, terrific prospect. And also one of those interesting things. And it's kind of it's kind of neat to see Buford doing this. Because obviously Buford's got a history of kind of climbing the ladder from a classification standpoint. You know, former single-A state champion now have kind of worked their way all the way up to a 7A. They're trying to be the first team in Georgia history to win a state championship in every classification now playing in the highest classification, and yet they still sort of have a mindset that was kind of adopted. Brian Appling told me about this this week. Uh, that's the head coach there. Uh, kind of adopted from back when they were just double-A school of good players play on both sides of the ball. So for a guy like Houston, who you know, from a college standpoint you think of as a big you know, defense name, you know that's a guy we're going to see playing some tight end tonight. That's a guy that we're going to see involved in the offense. So some of those, you know, Bolden's an example of this. Uh, they're going to have guys involved really on both sides of the ball, best players in the field a lot for Buford, and it's a great matchup for North Cobb. I think about quarterback on his way to Arkansas. Like, you know, there's, there's been a great recent series of games between North Cobb and Buford. North Cobb got them a couple of years ago. Buford's obviously gotten its taste of wins there. So this is a fun one tonight on Peachtree TV uh, between the Warriors and the Wolves. Can't wait to have you there for that. And, of course, getting ready for Saturday in Athens there too. And getting ready to go cruise around the SEC right now, uh, presented by Royal Caribbean. And speaking of Royal Caribbean, last night we made a really fun announcement for those on hand for our uh, big event at the Marlows in Dunwoody to help kick off the season, kind of our sort of pregame tailgate for our dognation.com there on Saturday, live at the Marlows in Dunwoody last night. We told the folks on hand that we are now ready to get going with the 2023 version 
of our Dog Nation cruise. We had our first ever cruise with Dog Nation last spring. It was a rousing success, and people said, y'all have got to do this again. And you know what? We've figured out a way we're going to be able to do that again here in the spring of 2023. It is going to be such a great experience. Our good friend Jessica Slater, who's the travel agent that we trust for all of our Royal Caribbean cruise vacations, she's helping us book this all uh, this up. Great to have Robin Washington from Royal Caribbean on hand last night to help us break all of that news. Uh, great to have Jessica on hand there, too, to help folks know how they can book their staterooms for the second annual Cruise with Dog Nation coming up in the month of April here, April of 2023 so you can reach out to jessica directly on this 770-718-9147 that's 770-718-9147 you can also check out dreamvacations.com jay slater that's a slash jay slater that's jessica's uh website but you can also we have a special website that's been made for the for the second annual cruise with dog nation coming up this spring you can go to royaldogs.com it's d-a-w-g-s royaldogs.com and you can find out more information about how you can be on board we've already had some staterooms get booked on this this is going to be a huge huge collection of georgia fans who join us for our cruise i'm so excited about this this now gives me by the way three cruises on my itinerary here over the course of the uh, months following the football season so this is going to be my favorite one of all because it's one i get to take with all of you so Please check out Jessica Slater, dreamvacations.com slash jslater or 770-718-9147 or the website royaldogs.com for access to the second annual cruise with Dog Nation coming up April 2023. Just like last year, we're going to kind of build it around the NFL draft. We'll have a huge draft party. It's kind of the culmination of the entire event. Can't wait to have you on board there for that. It's going to be a great time. Now, with all that said, let's go cruise around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean, for a moment. And we'll also kind of bring in some of the other stuff that happened last night. I thought the backyard brawl involving Pitt and West Virginia was a really fun game. Uh, as a lot of you have kind of pointed out, JT Daniels making his debut for the Mountaineers. Got very little in the way of help from his offensive line, wide receivers. It seems like that's a <laughs> little bit of a rough situation right now. And I thought JT played you know, pretty well. Uh, I thought he had you know some nice moments there for the uh, Mountaineers there last night. But coming up a little bit short in that hated rivalry game and I'm sure a little bit of a personal rivalry for Daniels there as well, battling against Keaton Slovis, the former USC quarterback. But Pitt got the win there last night. Fun game. Really, in a lot of ways, a great way to start the, the season. If you think about week one being the real start, week zero being a little bit of a sort of a precursor to that real start. Backyard brawl was a blast last night. We also saw you know, Missouri and, and, and Tennessee in action last night. Of course, Tennessee offense doing kind of what it does. And you know, a lot of folks kind of talk about the debut for Luther Burden there for uh, Missouri last night and all the creative ways in which Eli Drinkwitz, the Missouri coach, seems content to use him. They're going to wildcat him a little bit, going to play him like a traditional wide receiver. Uh, they're going to get as much as they can out of his athleticism because Burden's clearly a pretty special athlete when it comes to all that. Then you start thinking ahead to Saturday, Georgia, Oregon. We've kind of cut that up every way it can be, but we're looking forward to Florida, uh, Utah. And later on this evening, we'll make our official picks as a part of Go With The Flow presented by R.S. Andrews. I think some folks were like a little bit surprised at this. Um, I got Florida winning on Saturday. I, I do. And this is one of those things where I'm a Gator hater. I'm going to be cheering against Florida. Clearly, I want them to lose. But also, when it comes to like our official picks and your own gambling money, I have to take that pretty seriously. So you can't just do this with your heart. you got to do this with your head. And Much the same way we've said many times here that, you know, for Georgia in its home state as the reigning national champs against a Pac-12 team traveling all the way across the country, that's a tough situation. That's hard on Oregon. That shouldn't be an easy thing. And I feel... 
The same thing is true with with Florida, Utah. This is one of those deals where Utah, I think, pretty clearly the better team with Florida. You know, this is the first game of the Billy Napier era. I think this is a Florida team that has some talent in its defensive front. But beyond that, you know, one of the things I'm hearing coming out of Gainesville a little bit, they're a little concerned about, you know, some of their overall depth in terms of, you know, not just the starting level, but the full, you know, the two deep. And, you know, obviously Dan Mullen was not a great recruiter. We've chronicled that many times and sort of left a Florida roster that just isn't quite as deep as maybe it should be. And I think Billy Napier was sort of hoping he was going to be able to use the transfer portal to kind of fill in some of those holes. But post spring practice, there weren't like this huge like land rush of guys into the transfer portal that just didn't really happen so I think Florida sees itself having some depth issues right now uh and I think that Utah is a tough physical team they obviously have a big fancy you know ranking right next to their name and if this game is being played in Dallas or if it's being played in Charlotte if it's being played in Las Vegas in one of those neutral site venues then maybe the result is something different but the game's being played in Gainesville it's a long trip for uh, Utah into hostile SEC territory. I have zero respect for the Pac-12. I have zero respect for Utah. Uh, if Florida loses a game like this to a Pac-12 team when the SEC has been dominating these non-conference games at the beginning of the season for as long as any of us can remember, honestly, don't show your face around here in the SEC country anytime soon if Florida loses this game on Saturday. So, yeah, I got Florida beating Utah. I do. I think that uh, Notre Dame and Ohio State can be fun. Obviously, Ohio State's a very big favorite in the game. Um, I think that uh, Notre Dame knows it can't win, but it could be motivated to keep it close. So think about low scoring, which I think Ohio State probably likes the idea of because, as we told you, last year their defense was wretched. And so for new coordinator Jim Knowles, I think they want him to get off to a good start this season. They may coach offensively as a way of aiding their defense, which (laughs) wouldn't it be interesting to see a little complimentary football coming out of Ohio State. But uh, that might bring the under in play on that game. I think it gives the underdog a chance to sort of hang around and keep it within the 17 points. I think you uh, could see that. I think the debut for Brian Kelly on Sunday night is going to be really interesting against LA. LSU, the entire or I should say it's Florida State the entire world is on LSU here and I see no reason to buck that trend either Brian Kelly's just been really good against bad teams he's been really good when his team's been favored you know at, at Notre Dame he ultimately left because he couldn't win a national championship he couldn't beat teams that had superior talent to him and he could only do so much to attract that level of talent to Notre Dame but at LSU he's going to have better talent than most of the team's that he's going to be playing, including on Sunday night. And so Kelly, good coach against bad teams, gets a chance to play one. And my guess is LSU probably wins easily in New Orleans. Of course, you got Clemson and uh, Georgia Tech on Monday, but we'll talk to you again on Monday before that game is played. I also like Arkansas against Cincinnati. I think it's a fun game. It's one of three top 25 matchups we have here this weekend. And for Sam Pittman and these Hogs, a chance to kind of show what they're all about here for 2022. Cincinnati is very different than the team that made the playoff a year ago. No Desmond Ritter. Big, you know, group of uh, defense players no longer there, too. So they've lost a lot off their playoff team from a year ago, but still probably a, you know, a good top 25-ish type team and an interesting task for Arkansas in favor. I actually kind of like Arkansas from a from a win total standpoint. You see it seven, you see it seven and a half. Do I see that team going eight and four this year? Uh, I probably do. I think they're a tough out in the SEC West, and I believe they proved that against the Bearcats. So it's going to be fun. We're really excited about all of that. Obviously, Georgia, Oregon, a big part of that, too. And for now, we'll make that cruising around the SEC, presented by Royal Caribbean, and we'll see you 
on the second annual cruise with Dog Nation, or the second ever. <laughs> My boss is what we call it an annual, just yet. But the second ever cruise with Dog Nation uh, coming up later on in April of 2023. Check out uh, our friends for more on that. But we're looking forward to our next big cruise with Dog Nation on board the Independence of the Seas with our friends at Royal Caribbean. Also, how much fun was it last night at the Marlowe's Tavern in Dunwoody to have our friends at the Finish Long Drink with us? A lot of folks really enjoying that. In fact, we always do this on Friday. We call it our Big Finish because around here we love the weekends. We especially love football weekends. And obviously when we think about weekends and having fun and enjoying great tailgates, we're thinking about the Finish Long Drink, and a lot of you are enjoying that there too. In fact, I want to shout out some of our uh, great folks here as a part of our Big Finish presented by the Finish Long Drink here today. That's going to lead us into a lot of fun golden shoes here in a moment too. Just kind of ending to the, the show in the week on a happy note. I bet Miriam Corbin on hand last night. She was enjoying some finished long drink. You'd love to be able to see that. She also shouts out Connor and uh, Jeff there as well, plus Jake Fromm. So I love to see Miriam Corbin enjoying some finished long drink there last night. Miriam, I'm happy to give you a shout out here right now for all of that. How about our next one as a part of the big finish presented by the finished long drink? I love this from Julie who says, I got my Bulldog Fall Fan Camp uh, Sanford Stadium puzzle. Got my championship season hats. Got my Dog Spirit t-shirts. Go Dog Sikkim, she says. And note, the Finnish long drink fueled this fan camp. So that's awesome for Julie. Uh, celebrating with some fans. Getting ready for the start of the season. That's great to see. She's got that long drink cranberry, and you love that. Our buddy Seth Rhodes checks in to say, you got me hooked. He's got the uh, nice Travis Matthew golf attire on. Enjoying himself a little uh, double duty there on the traditional grapefruit style of finished long drink you love to see seth doing all that that's great stuff and our buddy mark morris checking in too saying it doesn't get any better than this golf in the villages with a long drink providing some sustenance followed by dog nation daily with the afternoon cigar when i grow up i want to be mark morris now first of all notice this look at the uh sort of the uga uh, uh driver head uh cover there the Georgia-themed golf cart hanging out in the villages with a little bit of finished long drink going on. Man, that's great to see from Mark Morris. I, I love to see that, and that's our uh, big finish here today presented by the uh, finished long drink. We always love celebrating in style. And to keep the good vibes going before we kind of – and by the way, make sure you check out the long drink online, thelongdrink.com. You can try some. If you haven't tried it before, you need to. Cranberry, you saw some of that a moment ago. The traditional long drink strong, 8.5% alcohol by volume. Uh, long drink zero, no carbs, no sugar. The finished long drink going to be a big part of our Dog Nation duck hunt tailgate tomorrow. So check them out at thelongdrink.com, and you can enjoy a lot more on that. And before we fire off the fight song and wrap up the show here today, we also, on Fridays, as a way of kind of giving you some good vibes going into the game, we want to all be feeling good about Georgia, Oregon on Saturday. So we kind of did this thing last year. We'd give out a lot of golden shoes on Friday. And partially this is kind of create some sort of good atmosphere heading into the weekend. And also this is because I kind of get behind a little bit in terms of uh, shouting out some people that I wanted to shout out. So let's roll through a good number of these golden shoes today. And then we'll fire up the fight song and let you get going here on a Friday heading towards your weekend. Starting with this, so we talked about our Royal Caribbean cruise vacations uh, a moment ago, and I was gr glad to see uh, D. Roberts check in on Twitter to say, I just finished my Royal Caribbean cruise. Thanks for the recommendation. Got it in before football season. Go dogs. That's a good UGA fan right there. Get yourself a great Royal Caribbean cruise. Roll into the uh, football season. How about that perfect blue water? Man, if I couldn't be in Atlanta tomorrow for Georgia-Oregon, 
Uh, right there where D. Roberts is is exactly where I'd want to be. Look how nice that water looks. That's gorgeous. You'd love to see that. Also, speaking of Royal Caribbean, I, I thought this was really funny. So earlier this week, Elon Musk tweeted about some new internet coming uh, to the Royal Caribbean ships via uh, his SpaceX technology. And so J.D. Dogwalker and Thomas Raffles both like tagged me in the uh, tweet from Elon Musk. My audience truly knows my heart here very well. I love the idea of Elon Musk uh, providing this great new internet for these Royal Caribbean cruise ships. And I dare say that if they get the uh, internet capabilities to the point where we could just sort of stream there, I might just spend the entire offseason just sailing from one ship to the next and just kind of moving on and you know spending the entire offseason at sea. Kind of like fall season for football and then cruise season after that. I believe I'd be pretty happy getting a chance to uh, do that so jd and thomas we appreciate you sharing that how about our next golden shoe aunt call you're checking in to say are you ready for some good old-fashioned fun on saturday and he's got the great throwback to the old nintendo nes oregon duck hunt you got uh, the old dog face logo scaring these ducks up out of that blind that's great to see uh, good stuff by aunt we appreciate you sharing that and yes we are ready for some football on saturday no doubt about that how about our next one this is a great one as well. So uh, Sugar Ray checks in to say, uh, hey, Brandon, I've had a busy summer and missed listening to Dog Nation Daily, but uh, I haven't been able to listen live. He says, but that's about to change. I want to be listening the rest of the week in the year, and I'm going to be gunning for my fifth pair of golden shoes. And Jay, uh, uh, Sugar Ray is great at this, and he's got all those golden shoes there. He's holding one, pointing to his national championship T-shirt. That is so great, and I, I love that so much. So the best, the, the absolute least I could do is give uh, Sugar Ray another one of those great uh, golden shoes for his great uh, submissions there on that. So that's really good stuff. We have a couple more here to do for you there as well, two more. Uh, yeah, Seth Rhodes and Scott Green showing off the great event last night uh, with us there at the Marlowe's in Dunwoody. You see Jake Fromm having a good time. We appreciate Seth and, and uh, Green Soldier and his dad and all the folks that were on hand there last evening. What a time that was. Really appreciate that from them. We'll give some golden shoes there, too. And then finally, uh, Big John checking in to say, just met three DGDs at uh, Campton's Restaurant, Monroe, Georgia. Super nice men. Very kind to my boy. Thanks to uh, A.D. Mitchell and uh, Warren McClendon and Lad McConkey who were hanging out there and enjoying that. And he was nice enough to kind of tag me in that photo and see that. How good does that national championship football look for those of you watching on video with those great autographs on it? And how much fun would it be to see Georgia get you another one of those national championship footballs again here for 2022? But I'm glad to see Georgia players hanging out and having fun with those Georgia fans. That's one of the really the great things about NIL is it does provide that chance for connection and interaction with players that you otherwise might not get. So great stuff. Great golden shoe submissions here for this week and a great way to roll into a very fun day tomorrow. So as the fight song plays, let me remind you, get your game face on, be ready to go. We are so excited for our tailgate tomorrow on dognation.com. So appreciative of all our sponsors who made that possible. And we're so appreciative of you too, not just for hanging out with us, but also creating a great atmosphere inside the stadium tomorrow or for those of you watching on TV, but connecting online with other Georgia fans, just creating those great positive vibes that make this season so much fun. And there has never been a better season to be a Georgia fan than the one we're about to enjoy. Reigning national champs coming back with the belt around our waist, figuratively speaking, and ready to defend that each and every Saturday. And we think that where Georgia starts the season is where Georgia might have a chance to end it there as well. SEC championship, maybe even the college football playoff right back in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Now, for those lousy, stinking Gators, they have no such happiness. How about 4,985 days since they have won 
a national championship. That is our Gator Hater Updater and our Gator Hater Countdown. A reminder to Florida, whether you beat Utah or not, we're coming for you 57 days from right now. That's our Gator Hater Countdown, and we will see you in Atlanta tomorrow, back here on Monday, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger. Enjoy the game, everybody. We'll talk to you then. And on the podcast, time now for the R.S. Andrews podcast, Cool Down. Of course, R.S. Andrews, when you turn to for your air conditioning, heating, plumbing, and electric needs, going to be a big part of our Dog Nation duck hunt tailgate tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to miss getting a chance to look forward to all of this, although duck hunt, not the easiest thing to say. I don't know why. It feels like it doesn't exactly roll off the tongue sometimes. So I guess this will be the last weekend we get a chance to say that around these parts. But nonetheless, excited about that and excited about R.S. Andrews being a big part of that and bringing the podcast cool down for you here as well and got an interesting tweet i wanted to read as uh it comes from our our buddy buster on twitter about some of the things he's heard me saying a few times here about in the need to replenish the pass rush for george after a big sack total a year ago converting those red zone opportunities for touchdowns that's something that buster says he's heard me talking about a lot and he says he thinks those stat lines also make some sense too and so i guess that kind of forms my I guess the basis for my sort of what to watch for tomorrow, you know, how much pass rush does Georgia get measured by sacks? You know, how many red zone trips does Georgia have that do finish off with touchdowns? You know, can Georgia convert those opportunities into actual scores? And that's where a lot of your points are going to come from, especially with weapons like, you know, the tight ends, you know, finding a way to get them involved in the red zone would obviously be a very big part of all of that. And I guess if I could add one more statistical line to this, I would say look at those rushing plays of 10 or more yards that's something in which Georgia probably just hasn't had enough of recently you know the overall line statistics I think from the analytics type folks would sort of look pretty good but in terms of that second level opportunity making that first would-be tackler miss and turning a four-yard gain into a nine-yard gain or a 10-yard gain 12-yard gain let's watch for that on Saturday let's see how many rushing plays of 10 or more yards Georgia gets there as well so between those three stats Pass rush, sacks, red zone trips, touchdowns, rushing plays of 10 or more yards. That might be your recipe on Saturday. That might be what it takes, not just get Georgia a win, but to kind of give an indication of where this program is as it head towards a regular se- heads towards a regular season where I think you know most folks feel like Georgia's in pretty good shape from the win-loss standpoint, but maybe wanting to also demonstrate just how good this team can be. So those are the stats maybe worth watching. Wherever you are watching, be it in the stadium or in your own home or gathering with friends, hope you have a great time for Georgia and Oregon. And we'll be back to talk to you about it on Monday here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Kroger, but also throughout the day on Saturday, including our Dog Nation postgame show after the game. So if you're normally a podcast listener, maybe you'll watch us on video tomorrow and connect with us for all of that. Either way, enjoy yourself. We don't get 12 of these during the regular season, so enjoy this one tomorrow. And we'll see you next time right here on our R.S. Andrews Podcast Cooldown and Dog Nation Daily presented by Kroger. We'll look forward to talking to you then.